Got the water? Good, good, good. Some, sometimes I like to say, don't applaud, throw money. That really shows you how much you care. Hey, somebody think so. That's what I'm talking about. Give me that. I might get hungry later on. Buy me enchiladas or something. All right. Well, you guys doing okay this evening? It's awesome to be here. I've been waiting for this for a long time. You know, God knew we was going to be here. He knew we were going to be here before we were born, before our mamas was born, our daddy was born. He knew. And so he, want us, he wants us to learn something tonight. He wants us to hear something. You know, um, the great thing about God is he can do stuff. He can do stuff we don't, e- we don't even have a clue yet. You know, we know God can do miracles, right, and stuff like that. But, you know, there's stuff that we don't even know about yet. You know, we, 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 we think that one day we'll know all there is to God, but I don't think we will. I don't, I don't think we'll ever get to the end of him. I think he just... I think he'll just continue to show us stuff, and we'll just be going, whoa, you know, we'll just be like, God, why? You know, you're just, as soon as we think we know it, we don't know all of it. I think God's going to be that way. You know why I think that? Because that's just the way I think God is. He's just that, he's just that awesome. Well, tonight we're going to talk about compassion, and um, I'll kind of explain a little bit to you guys here just right before we kind of get into the sermon, and um, you know, every time I, I preach, you know, I'm thinking, man, I wish that I didn't have, but, you know, I wish I had a lot more time. You always, Pastor Marmer probably feels the same way, you know, you always wish you could get up here and just uh, hold people's attention for three hours, you know, because we could just, you know, you could just pour information out and just give all kinds of good stuff. But we just got a little bit of time, so please forgive me if I um, if I go too fast or seem like I'm rushing, but I I'm, I'm, don't want to. I just, I just want to love on you guys and let God love on you as long as, as we can. You know, the time that we have here on Sunday mornings and the first Wednesday, it's not very much compared to our full lives, you know. It's very little. Um, you know, sometimes I think it kind of stinks that we, ha- we have to work 40 hours, but we can only be in church, you know, a few hours a week. You know, that stinks, right? Wouldn't it be great if we could go to church for 40 hours and get paid and then just work for three or four hours a week? Man, that would be awesome, right? We'll have to ask God about that and, and let God show us how to do that. Well, I, we, we have our, the title Compassion, and I, and I kind of, man, I threw a lot of different titles around, but the one that I kind of, that kind of really, I should have put up there was uh, Compassion That Takes Guts. You know, Compassion That Takes Guts, and I'll explain a little bit. You know, when we, when we go into the Bible and we look, the, the word compassion, the, the very word itself is in the New Testament about 12 or 13 times. I can't remember exactly, but it's something like that. But it, but it actually, and that's in the King James Version. You read different versions, it doesn't say compassion. It uses some other words. And for a long time, I used to think that compassion was love. You know, I think, okay, well, that's just love. And it might have some of that in it. But really, if you look, like in your um, Greek concordance or your Hebrew concordance or whatever, it really doesn't mean love. And really, when you look in the King James Version, you see that word compassion. You go to the, the concordance, and it just says compassion. And you're going, well, that, don't, that doesn't define anything. You know, it says, like, to have compassion or to be moved with compassion. And I'm going, well, that don't even make sense. Well, so it says that that word, when it says compassion, is, the, is a verb. You know, it's an action. So I wanted to know, well, what does this word mean? So I keep digging, and there's a word that's very similar to, 
to this word, and it's in Hebrew, it's some or Greek, it's some weird like splank, splanknizomi or something weird, really weird, you know. But we're not we're not teaching Greek tonight, right? But anyway, the noun word is like splanknon or splanged, splanknon, something like that. And this is what it meant. Okay, you guys ready? It said mercy, or it even said, in one place it said tender mercy. I like that, right? If you needed mercy, it'd be better if you had tender mercy, right? We'd really have tender mercy, Lord. But mercy or tender mercy, and then another place, it said inward affection. That's some pretty cool stuff, right? I hope we get really deep. You know, I hope you guys are ready, all right? You guys ready? I kept telling, my wife come home for lunch and she starts like, um, she starts like talking about, um, I forget what she was saying, but talking about somebody and, and then she started kind of getting teary-eyed and, and I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, don't start that crying stuff already, you know. I said, it's going to be tough enough. It was about worship. Okay, worshiping. Yeah, somebody was worshiping. And I said, don't start that. I'm speaking tonight. I don't want to have to, yeah, I don't want to start weeping and stuff, you know, I don't want to start crying. But anyway, when you, keep, when you keep looking at this word compassion, it talks about your bowels. Now, I, now I know some of you are probably thinking, bowels? Bowels. You know, I'm, you know, I know, I know what some of you are thinking. You know, it's like the stuff that helps you use the bathroom. But it's not really that. It's like it means all of your guts, like all of this, all your innards, all your inside stuff. Your heart and your everything. Y'all understand? And it talks about, with compassion, there's like a yearning. Like to be moved in your guts. And that's why I thought compassion that takes guts, you know. Because it's, 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 an, it's compassion is something that inside that it moves you. And um, without, without saying too much, you know, because I don't, don't want to give away all the cool stuff in my sermon. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of we'll uh, look at some stuff. And you guys will understand. But y'all understand where we're going tonight? Um, you know, the Bible says many times that Jesus would have compassion on somebody and then he helped them. You know, and, it, and, and this compassion word doesn't necessarily mean uh, like that it has to be used only when somebody's in trouble or something like that. There are other places in the Bible where people weren't necessarily in trouble or hurting, but that they just needed help. And not, not really even needing help, just it would be better if we have help. You guys understand? Like, we, we may be, our lives may be great right now. You know, everything might be going good for you right now. Perfect. You mean your life's, you're happy, everything's cool, wife's happy, kids are happy, whatever. But wouldn't it still be great to have help yeah. in doing stuff or just somebody be there to, to you know, encourage you? Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like compassion is along that lines. So let's go ahead and go to our first point. And our first point Compa- uh, compassion refreshes. And we're going to look at Philemon. Some people might say Philemon. Philemon. Who's, how y'all say it? Philemon. Philemon. I always said Philemon. I don't know why it just always rolled off the tongue a little easier. Philemon. But we'll, 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 we'll pronounce it however you want to pronounce it. But we're going to look at... Philemon only has one chapter, so we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 7. And I'm going to read out of the King James Version. And it says... Hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, 
because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by you, brother. Now here we see it right here. It's right here. Philemon chapter 1 verse 7. That this man he's talking to, Philemon, Paul's writing to Philemon, Philemon, what he is, whatever. He's telling him, because of your love and your faith, it's refreshing the bowels of the saints. It ref- it's refreshing people. It's helping people. And so we have to look at this and we have to say, we have to ask ourselves, are we making sure that we're loving? Now he mentioned here that he loved the saints and Jesus and he had faith in Jesus and faith in the saints because it says he had love and faith. And we have to make sure that we're doing both. If we look up this word refresh, where he said you're refreshing the bowels of the saints, it's a calm and patient expectation. And a lot of times when I hear that word expectation, I automatically think the word hope. Because hope is, you know, hope is not, um, you know, you're, you're wanting something to happen and you say, well, I sure hope it does. That's not hope. Hope is, I expect it to happen. That's what real hope is. Hope is not wishing and wanting. It's expecting it. It's, it's going to happen. I'm expecting that. And that's the kind of hope that we have to have. And I just kind of felt like saying, you know, since that Paul is talking to this guy and he's talking about how he refreshes the saints and he refreshes people, because he's loving people and he's believing in people. You know, it made me think that when people come in here, when people come into the church, now, we have to love each other and we have to believe in each other, right? But when new people come in, we have to really make sure that we're showing those people that we believe in them, that we love them. You know, the love part almost is kind of easy. It's almost kind of an easy thing. You know, it almost kind of seems like a no-brainer for Christians to love people. But sometimes we might have a little bit of trouble believing in people because maybe they don't smell right or maybe they don't look right. Or you all understand what I'm saying? And we gotta we gotta get past that. We gotta we gotta get past the way people look. You know, just things like that. And we have to start exercising ourselves to believe. You know what? We can do it. We we can believe this this person. We never know this person. I'm telling you, this person that just walked in. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about them. But you know what? They may have some awesome talents and something that God wants them to pour into our church to help our church. And we have to believe that. We just have to do that. Okay? So you guys will do that, right? Um, you, guys ever, you guys remember... Um, do you guys remember the, 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 maybe a, a teacher in school that really you just hated that teacher? You, just, you, know, just, you think back then, you're like, oh, I can't stand that teacher. But it was because that teacher pushed you so much you know, they pushed you to do your, do your homework. Do, you can do it. You know, do this, do that. You know, I can remember my English teacher in high school. God, just didn't really, care for, didn't really care for her so much. Just really, I mean, now she was pretty, she was pretty mean. I mean, she was, she was, I mean, she was, she, she was. Man, she just, man, she was like, back then, you know, they could still whip you. They could still put the paddle on you. They could still holler at you. And she did, man. And she just was ruthless. Just, God. But, um. But you know what? But once I got out of high school and I look back, she's one of the teachers that I remembered the most. And not just because she was mean, you know, I did remember that, but. <laughs> but you know, she was always pushing you and, and like that, but at the same time, it was because she wanted you to get your work done. She wanted you to do your homework, she wanted you to do your lessons, she wanted you to make a good grade. You know, and it was English, 12th grade. 
super important. You had to pass that. So in a sense, you know, you kind of think she, was, she really believed. Because why would she harp on you and chew you out? And Why would she do that if she didn't believe you could do it, right? So evidently, she must have believed in us. So let's make sure that we're believing on people. Let me read Colossians chapter 3 to you. We're going to look at verse 12 and 13. And Paul tells us here, he says, put on, therefore. You know, I like that. I like that it says put on. Put on. Number one, I like it because, I don't know, there's just something about the thought of putting on a new jacket or, you know, putting on a new shirt or, I just like that. I don't know. You, you guys like nice shirts and stuff like that, you know? Put on, some new, put on some new kicks, you know? Put on some new Jordans, you know? Put on, you know, just put it, you know, we're putting, so I like that. I like that we put, you know, put it on. We put it on. And then I also think, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing that. Well, just put on then. All right? Just put on. Just fake it till you make it. You know, you all understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of cool that it says that. But put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercies. Bowels of mercies. Isn't that cool? Isn't it cool that the Bible says this? You, you know, you never would have thought how much that the Bible talks about our inners, who we are on the inside. You know, we, we hear the word heart a lot, heart. But you know, when you, look in the, when you look in King James Version, you look in the concordance for heart, it's not the same as, it don't mean, it's not the same word as, the, as bowels, what we're reading about tonight. It's not the same. Totally different word, totally different Greek word. So there must, there's something different, right? There's something more than just the way it affects our heart, the way that it affects all of our insides. Verse 13 says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also you do. You know, that word forbearing, and right here is a good example of that when we say the word compassion, it doesn't necessarily mean, um, it doesn't necessarily mean like that somebody's in trouble or needs help, and then you and then you have compassion. No, forbearing just means to sustain. Is is there anybody in this place tonight that you need sustaining? Sometimes I need sustaining every day. Every day I need I need I need I need somebody speaking the word of God into my life every day. I need God's word every day. You know, I may life may be great, but I still want His word. I need it because there's there's more there's more to have. There's more of God that we can experience. More to learn. All right, you guys. Doing okay? Yes. I meant to say earlier that I appreciate you guys for singing. I could hear you tonight. I could hear all you guys singing, and I was like, I'm over there playing, you know, and I'm, and I'm not, and I kind of back away from a microphone a little bit, you know, because I can hear you guys singing, and, and, and I can hear Vicky really loud, so I'm kind of going, hopefully, she, hopefully in a minute she'll stop singing so loud, you know. <laughs> but, but, no, Vicky sounds good. But I could hear you guys singing, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys when you sing. It's very important. Um, I think we don't have full revelation yet of, um, of just how important it is that when we come into this place that everybody join in. You know, some way, somehow, we all have gifts, talents that we all need. We're a body, and we wouldn't even want to do without the smallest little member of our body, right? We want, we want to have all things working right. So my second point tonight is compassion takes it to heart. We're going to look at Philemon uh, verses 15 and 17. It says, for, for perhaps he therefore, now let me, before I read this, let me kind of tell you guys what's going on. Paul wrote Philemon because there was a, a guy named Onesimus, or One Simus, however you say it. A lot of weird names in this book, right? Onesimus is what I call him. 
Evidently, Onesimus used to either be like a servant to Philemon or, uh, or, or, or uh, something like that. And because Paul said he, was, he, was, uh, he caused you trouble at one time, but now he's born again, and I'm sending him back to you. Hopefully that he'll, he'll, you know, hopefully that he'll be uh, a blessing to you. So that's what's going on here. So Paul is saying, for perhaps he, Onesimus, departed for a season that you should receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. And he says, if you count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. Now, what I want to show you guys tonight is, verse 15 uses the word receive, and verse 17 uses the word receive, but it's two different Greek words. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy how the English-speaking people translated it, both receive and I think sometimes we totally miss what he's, what he's saying to us when we don't read it, when we don't look it up and, and really mean. In verse 15, the word receive means receive. I didn't get an amen or nothing from that. Man, okay. That's all right. I'll try to do it better. But he said receive him. And if you look at it, he's saying the same thing. Receive him. All right. Now, in verse 17, it says, receive him. But get what it means. Get this. It means to grant access to one's heart. Now, why would the English-speaking people that translated this book not put that in there? Right? Doesn't it say so much more? Colossians 3, verse 23 says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, is he telling us here? Now, this is just me, all right? This is just my lightning fast mind, okay? Is he telling us that maybe we should give our hearts to people like we do Jesus? Just something to think about. Did, do we not think that didn't Jesus give all of us his heart? Don't we have his heart? Isn't that cool? How that just one little word can mean so much. But to grant access to one's heart, that's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, the world is getting pretty cold. Y'all know that. You know, you walk down the sidewalk and people are coming towards you. Nowadays, they don't even make eye contact with you. And even worse, they're on the phone. No telling where they're at. Vicky and I, we Vicky and I, we work a part-time job at McAllister's a couple of nights a week, and it never fails. Near the end of the night, it's not very many people in there. And there's about when you go into McAllister's, there's like four or five sections. Y'all understand? And maybe four different parties will come in, and guess where the four different parties will sit? One in each section. And I'm thinking. Just they isolate. There's, you know, they're You know, it's like they don't want to have any contact with anybody else. And this isn't just young people. You know, you could say, well, it's young people. No, it's it's everybody. And I'm going, why does it have to be like that? It's crazy. Let's go ahead and move to our third point. You guys are doing awesome tonight. Thank y'all for listening. Third point: compassion is going to pay for it. And I meant to put in there. Passion is really going to pay for it because I kind of wanted to throw y'all for a loop, you know, think, what in the world is he talking about? You know, money 
is something that a lot of people have problems with. And you know, I like to look at money like this. And I'll, I'll tell you why I'm talking about money in just a minute. You'll get it, okay? But just, y'all bear with me just for a minute. Money is something that really throws a lot of people. And I think here's why. Jesus said that wherever your money is, that's where your heart is. Wherever you guys spend your most time, the most money, the most effort, that's where your heart's going to be. How much time do we spend? Rachel, how much time do you spend with your kids? 24-7, right? All the time. You think her heart's into her kids? Most definitely. Because you spend so much time and money with them, right? And it's the same with all of us. We're spending our money somewhere, and we have to be really careful. I like to look at money like this. That money is just a tool that we use. We should look at it as a hammer or nails or screwdriver or just any kind of tool that we use through our life. It just happens to be a a really powerful tool, a very important tool. And Jesus knew that. He knew that it was important. That's why he said, your heart's going to be wherever your money is because he knew how important. But we have to have a really right, we have to have a good perspective of money. Because, you know, money's great, but it ain't good. I mean, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Wow. Crazy, right? Money. And, you know, you read the Bible, and a lot of Jesus', a lot of Jesus parables, he talked about money. Why? Because he knew it was going to be important. We have to have a right perspective about money. So let's talk about it just a little bit. And, I, and this is why I even mentioned money tonight. Paul told Philemon in verse 18, if he, he said, if he has wronged you, if Onesimus has wronged you, Philemon, or owes you anything, put that on my account. Paul's saying that. I, Paul, listen to what Paul is saying here. Listen to this. Verse 19, I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. Sounds pretty, he sounds pretty serious, right? I will repay it, he says. I will repay it. All right, he goes on to say some other stuff, but I'm going to leave it right there. Paul says, I'll repay it. Now, when I read this, that's pretty cool, and we kind of look at it in a little bit different light because we know who Paul the Apostle is, right? But back then, Paul the Apostle wasn't who Paul the Apostle is now, right? I mean, he, did, he wasn't looking at Paul the Apostle. Now, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he loved Paul. I'm sure that Philemon loved Paul and, and respected him. But, I mean, Paul wrote three-quarters of the New Testament. I mean, most of us in this room probably got born again because of him. Right? Y'all understand what I'm saying? I mean, his word has trickled down for years and years and years. Paul is awesome. Right? But he didn't know that. He didn't know Paul was going to, he didn't know Paul was going to wind up, you know, where we know he's at. But still, we know, but we do know it. Now, Paul said, I'll take care of this guy's debts if he owes you anything. And you know what, guys? We are going to probably have to do the same. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There's going to be times when we're going to have to pay out some money somewhere. We're going to have to help somebody somewhere, right? I mean, uh, giving somebody something to eat or a blanket or something, that's cool. That's cool. 
It's, it's all a part of it. But the money is going to have to be there. And let me tell you why we're going to have to spend money on people. Because we just read that God wants our hearts to be into people, right? Our hearts have got to be for God and for people. Got to. I don't think God would have it any other way. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. When you do other things for other people, your heart's got to be into it. And the Bible says that where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. So if our heart is in people, we're going to have to spend money on people. And if we're going to spend money on people, we've got to plan that. If tonight something happened, I don't know what, just something happened, and you had a chance to give some money, would you be ready? Would you really be ready? What if God spoke to you? What if God spoke to you? Now, I'm not, I'm not, here, I'm not here saying something about money that's, like I'm not trying to raise money. I'm not, trying to, you, you, I'm not saying you should give me money or give Pastor Marvin money. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that you, you're going to have to talk to God about your money. It really ain't your money. It's his money. You know, if God said give me 100%, you'd have to do it. And you'd just have to believe him to take care of everything. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool, right? you just bring your whole paycheck. Here you go, Pastor Marvin. God said all of it. And then you turn around and then God just says, house paid for, electricity bill paid for. That'd be cool, right? But God didn't do that. He just said, he just said the first 10% and then some, an offering if you want. And so we have, to have, we have to make sure that our hearts are right about that. We can't get upset when people talk about money. I know that happens a lot. We've got to plan it. We've got to budget it. You know, if it means doing, away, doing without some stuff, then let's do without some stuff, right? Because we can't, talk, we can't talk God out of this, right? He's settled about it, right? He's not, he's not, he's not wishy-washy about it. Well, 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 but I don't have enough money to, to pay for this, God, or that. God would say, well, stop spending so much in places you don't need to spend money. Let's, let's look at Malachi chapter 3. And we, know, we all know about Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house. Y'all understand this is God talking, right? God wants meat in the house. That word house really means like a storehouse. Where you, where you, or a refrigerator, maybe. Maybe I should say that. Or cupboard, right? That's where we keep the food, right? So when we're hungry, or somebody's hungry, we can just go to the cupboard or the refrigerator and get it, right? All right. Well, the church is supposed to be the storehouse. This is where people get fed, right? Isn't this where we get fed? When the hurting and the lost and hopeless people come in, they should be getting fed. We should be feeding them. And God said, we've got to make sure that there's food in the house, meat in the house, so that we can bless them. But the thing that I just mostly wanted to say to you guys is, is just the planning for that, okay? Yes, we're to lay the first 10% for the tithe and, and then some more for an offering. Offering can be however much you want to give. The Bible just says if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. If you sow a little bit, you're going to reap a little bit. Any of you guys want to reap a whole lot? Well, then guess what we have to do? We have to sow a lot. You know, if I go out there and I throw, I don't know, you know, my dad and I used to do gardening, and we'd throw little potato wedges in the ground. And, and then after a few weeks, you know, sprouts, potatoes would come up. Well, when that sprout came up, did just one potato come out? No, a whole, bu- this whole thing, a bunch of them, right? 
Well, if you want just a little bit, then just throw a few in the ground. But if you want a bunch, you got to throw a bunch in the ground. Y'all get me? Y'all see where I'm going? I want you to have a bunch. God wants you to have a bunch. Let me read one more scripture to you. Luke 14, 28, 29. We got that, don't we? That was the one that we had, yeah. He says, For which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down first and count the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. You guys ever been mocked? Kid asked me the other day, Bobby, you drink, you drink alcohol? I said, no. And I didn't tell him this, but I said, no, told him no. You know, the Bible says that wine is a mocker. It's a mocker. I don't like being mocked. You don't like to be mocked either, right? So let's make sure that we're planning with our money so that when we make plans to give, that we won't be mocked. We can do that, right? We can do that. So let's do that. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says we are laborers together with God. We labor with Him. So let's labor wisely. Let's do it with all of our hearts. People comes in this place. Let's make sure that we're, we're there. We're ready, right? We can do that. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening. Love you.